Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK. How are you tonight? Oh, absolutely fabulous. We had a little bit of rain here today. It's a feel-good day. (laughs) Ah, nice. We've had too much rain, but... That's what's been happening here in New England. So, well, I'm glad you got a little relief because it's been boiling yeah. hot there in Tucson. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Everything has been curdled up. So getting any type of rain is like heaven. It is. Well, I'm glad you're getting it. That's great. Ours finally stopped today for at least two days. I'm hoping it won't return for at least a little while. We need to dry out. My gosh, we thought we were going to have to build an ark. There was so much rain. So, anyways, tell us what's happening with the numbers, because this has been a very interesting week. What's going on? Oh, has it not? Well, first of all, I just want everyone to remember that we're still in retrograde until the 19th. So, four more days of it, we can finally kiss it goodbye. There'll be a shadow period afterwards, but the main thing is getting it off the table. Everyone is going a little crazy with this one. It's been really a bugger. But it's a universal one. Yeah, and it's a universal one month, so everyone is reviewing beginnings but everyone is also reviewing what was going on in their life last year and if they would just think about what they were going through last year it gives them a chance to kind of tidy up a few things and put it together but today is a day that deals with secrets and of course we've got that little darling from the white house coming out and (laughs) talking about all the secrets from her her old boss trump so there's oh, going to be God. more things hitting the fan than we could even believe. Well, you can't believe 90% of it anyway. Everybody's got their own idea of what's real and what isn't. But I tell you, this sequence before this month is over, a lot of people are going to be very surprised at what's taking place. Between now and the end of this year, count on nothing being what you think it is. And things are going to start to pop out of the woodwork that are shocks as well as surprises so just hold on tight to the side of the boat and you won't fall in the water that sounds like good advice well i like the idea of secrets coming out in the open especially when it involves ufos 
or interdimensional beings or things like that. But I think you said October. We need to watch for that, right? Oh, definitely. From October on, that's when major things are really going to be taking place. But we're at that bridge right now where, if you think about it, if everybody would just think about this month being a review of last year, that will give them an idea of what they need to do and what they need to stay away from because it is a review of last year. Worldwide, it deals with fresh starts and new beginnings, but our own personal issues go along with it. It's part of the pancake, shall we say. Mm, Okay. Well, that's good. I'm I'm ready to say goodbye to Mercury Retrograde, that's for sure. Just a few more days of that. You know, it's been crazy. Well, you know my phone took a trip to the washing machine. That was mm-hmm. fun. And then today I thought I had an appointment all the way out in Northampton. I drove all the way out there, looked at my phone, and I went, oh, my God, I'm here a day early. Mm-hmm. I had to turn around and come back. Oh, gee. And I was thinking of you the whole time. Right. Here yeah. we are. How Mercury many people retro. are really going through similar things? I thought I had an appointment yesterday. And – I looked at it late in the afternoon thinking that's what it was, and totally wrong. It's tomorrow. Totally wrong. Weird. Well, so, or else maybe we're mixing up our schedules with people in another reality. We're going to hear about that from our guest tonight. Oh, that's we a have, possibility. We're going to bring him on. Peter Smith, we're so happy to have him with us today because he is an expert in oh, gosh, shifting yes. Who you really are and understanding yourself from a quantum consciousness level. This is going to be a great show. So I'm, I can see there's a lot of listeners that have lined up already to hear what Peter has mm-hmm. to say. We're going to bring him on in just a few. But first, we have a couple of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. These are on our Facebook page. That's where we post right. all of the stuff for Supernatural Girls as well as our website. But we have the stories mm-hmm. On our Facebook page, make sure you go there, follow us, like us, whatever you got to do, so that you can keep in touch with us. Right. And one of the, the most interesting ones, because you know my husband's a retired race car driver, so I always watch racing yes. stuff. Yes. And story came out today about yeah, Dale couldn't. Earnhardt Jr. Mm-hmm. Is that a riot? You couldn't and, have posted a better point in time because, like I said, this is reviewing last year's stuff and a lot of things that have been going on, but. For him to be going through this and everyone else to now be made privy to it, I think it's fabulous because it just validates what we already know. There's nothing new under the sun, and there's a lot of things coming that we didn't know were there. Yeah, and here's somebody who's very much in the public eye who is claiming Mm -hmm. that his life was saved when he had a very fiery wreck on the Sonoma Uh racetrack in 2004 and he said that there was no way that he got out of that car by himself that he felt two hands come underneath him grab Mm -hmm. him under his armpits and pull him out of the car now if you go to our facebook page you'll see the video of that wreck and it's a bad one because the car the back end of the car just the fuel spills out this whole thing catches on fire it looks like he's about to go up in flames and then Mm -hmm. he's out of the car now the uh, people yeah. that were on site, they said, oh, no, you got out by yourself. But he's, the first thing he said when they said that was BS. I did That's not right. get out by myself. I couldn't have. Yeah, because so, they said he had second-degree burns. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a bad wreck. 
It was, and you'll see it again on our Facebook page. We've got the video there for you to watch, and what he had to say about it. It's just a fascinating story, and he is retired now from racing, but that was uh, quite an experience at Sonoma Raceway. So there you have it from Dale Earnhardt Jr. himself. He says ghosts are real. Yeah, right. But we he still doesn't that. believe in Bigfoot, <laughs> but he'll still look for him. He doesn't believe it, but he watches the shows. Isn't that the funniest yeah. thing? <laughs> I got a kick out of that, yeah. Looking for Bigfoot shows. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I know one of the people who produces those shows, and it's so funny because he said, people always say to me, well, you never find him. He said, well, it's not called Finding Bigfoot, or we found it. It's called Looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> Just still looking. But we've had people on our show that don't need to look anymore. They're in contact with Bigfoot. Remember Dr. Right. J? Oh, yes. So, anyways, the, the other story that we have, Yes, we've got to get him back. He's got more to say, I'm sure. Uh, another story by Brent Fournier that came from Mysterious Universe. He wrote about Helltown, Ohio. I didn't even know there was something named Helltown. Did you? Not at all. But after reading the article, <laughs> my God. I never incredible. want to go there. I in never either. want to go to Helltown. I mean, because they're talking about all kinds of things from crazy hauntings to satanic groups that murdered an entire bus of children. So mm-hmm. that wasn't good. That's never good. Not at all. So, but I, yeah. There's, there's sign to the city I got a kick out of. It was, welcome to Helltown, a nice place to visit, a better place to leave. <laughs> I know. That was great. <laughs> yes. So, anyways, that story and some photographs are also on our Facebook page, and we think you should check it out. And there was also this big government campaign to acquire all of the land there in order to establish a park. And then, for some reason, after they were on their way doing that, they they abandoned the whole project. Who knows what they were up to? Because we know there are a lot of government facilities near haunted locations for some reason. And like the Bridgeport Triangle, there's another triangle in Litchfield Hills, Connecticut, and there is a government facility underground there. And there must be a reason why they're interested in these places. So anyhow, go take a look at it. It's called, yeah, really, High Strangeness at Helltown, Ohio. So that's on Facebook. And... This is a good time to check back with Patricia Kirkman at patriciakirkman.com and have your numbers read so that you know what's coming up for your year. And if you want anything, any help with dreams, you know to contact me. I'm happy to work with you on understanding your dreams, setting up dream groups, all of those great things. The veil's very thin between waking consciousness and dreaming consciousness now. Oh, good for time. sure. Yes. And yes, you know, absolutely. If they, if our our listening audience has any specific questions on something that they feel for coming up, they let us know so we can take a look at it for them. Yeah, we'd the, love to. Whether year, it's a, yeah, whether yeah. it's a numbers question or a dream question, right. just send it over to us. Our emails are on Supernatural Girls website, which is supernaturalgirls.com with a Z. And you can mm-hmm. send us an email right from the site. We're happy to respond. We love hearing from all of our listeners. So oh, feel gosh, free. Yes. We had a young man write a great question in. He wanted to know the difference between spirit and soul. So maybe we'll ask Peter tonight. Maybe he knows Ooh. the answer to that. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a, good, a question. good question. There's a young man who brought that up. I thought it was great. 
So anyways, enough jibber-jabbering here. <laughs> I want Peter. Bring Peter on. <laughs> I know. we got to get Peter on. Now, Peter, his previous background is interesting. He was an executive in the Australian banking industry, and he served for over two decades with one of Australia's leading banks before starting his own change management consultancy, focusing on values-driven organizational transformations across Australia, Asia, and the United Kingdom. And now he is the author of a terrific book that we both read and loved, and it's called Quantum Consciousness, Expanding Your Personal Universe. And he is also the founder of the Institute for Quantum Consciousness and is trained and accredited a network of QC facilitators who continue to expand the research base of this remarkable field of work. This is the man with, with quantum consciousness, and he's calling us tonight all the way from Australia. Peter, we're so happy to have you with us. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to be here, Patricia, and hi there, PK. We're thrilled to death to have you. What a wonderful book. What a wonderful book. Yes. And there's so many possibilities here that you've brought to the forefront with this book. So tell us a little bit, though, about your transition from the world of banking to the world of consciousness. How did that happen? Well, you know, you, um, I think we all enter life with these ambitions, Patricia, the sort of be what we're meant to be, and we, we run a story in our own heads about what life's really about, and we think it's about... You know, it's about the house in the suburbs and the high-paying career and the nice car in the driveway. And sometimes when you climb that corporate mountain that makes all of that possible, you find out that it's the wrong mountain. In fact, there are many others that you can climb. And ultimately, mm-hmm. you get drawn to another. And I think much of that happens through our own personal experiences. And I'm sure for, for you and PK, it's the same, that you explore a little bit of this metaphysical realm and, and then you explore a little more and then you get hooked. And part of my transition was, um, you know, I had uh, my organisation was putting me through a, an MBA course. And I actually dropped out and studied hypnotherapy because at that stage I'd been off and studied some of my own past lives and couldn't believe what I'd found. And I realised our view of the world was wrong and that I had to make a change to do something that was far more in tune with what I was here to do. Gosh, well, it sounds like it was an easy transition for you. It wasn't something shocking or startling. It kind of flowed from one thing to another. Well, I think if you follow the energy and you you follow your intuition, you get led in the right direction. But I've got to say it was a shock to the system, to uh, family and friends, etc. But (laughs) in those days, I was sort of the banking executive during the week, and I was... um, doing hypnotherapy on weekends in a borrowed clinic when I first started many, many years ago. And I looked at the two parts of my life and I realized there was only one of them that really inspired me and nurtured my soul. So once I surrendered to that path, it all just unfolded so beautifully to me. That's terrific. Now, did you have support from your family or, or did they just kind of sit back and wonder what was going to happen? Well, you know, I've got, uh, like all of us, I've got uh, different parts of my family, and I think some of them thought I was completely nuts at first. But um, but, but then when, you know, I started to, it's not really what you talk about at Christmas lunch with family sort of stuff, uh, unless they're willing to, uh, to listen. But um, gradually um, they saw that I was doing something I was passionate about, that I was making a difference in the lives of others. 
that there was some credibility behind the work, particularly when we start to look at some of the linkages back into quantum physics. And, you know, my, uh, my dear old mum, who's uh, now about 83 years old, is actually, you know, my biggest fan. I talk about um, how, you know, I do a talk in front of a big group and I say, you know, one person sat up until 3 a.m. in the morning reading this book and that's such a beautiful message. And I just want to say, thanks, Mom. <laughs> that's sweet. That is so that's sweet. Adorable. That is. That is. So you've got a lot of information packed into this book. And let's start at the beginning. Now, our, we have a very smart audience. They're a very savvy audience. But let's start at the beginning for people that may not have grasped the concept of quantum consciousness and quantum physics. Tell us a little bit about yeah. the beginnings of all of this. Well, you know, we've been getting very similar messages from so many different types of people. And, you know, and I quote a few of these in the book as well, but let's start at the top level. And we already know that everything is energy. Now, quantum physicists will tell you that everything is energy, that everything is made up of subatomic particles and that the particles that make up our body can be found on other planets, out in space, stardust I mean we are basically walking stardust we are made up of these same particles so what is it that this energy that brings it to life and that's where we start a conversation on consciousness and you know a lot of um, neurologists and all that they're looking for consciousness in the brain there's all of this experimentation people like um, Rupert Sheldrake in the UK I mean he works with morphic fields and he talks about the intelligence that surrounds us in an energy field um, and that's consciousness. But ultimately, consciousness is what brings this energetic infrastructure of the universe to life. Consciousness is, um, if you like, that intelligence. Not that that word does it for me. It's like consciousness is, the, is um, housed on this infrastructure of the universe, and then our, our awareness decides which aspect of that consciousness we want to be. Now, what we've been doing for some years now is we've been transporting the awareness to other places in the universe where our consciousness resides within this infrastructure of energy. Now, I know that's too much to put on a T-shirt, but, uh, but ultimately the messages from the great, the great people in the past. I mean, you know, um, I mean, it was even Einstein who said that we can't solve the problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. You know, people like Carl mm-hmm. Jung and, and, you know, a lot of modern psychiatry was, has been based on, uh, on Jungian, which is, a, a, you know, a bit more open than the Freudian stuff I've always found. But, you know, Carl Jung said, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakens. So these mm-hmm. are people with great scientific credibility. Um, Nikola Tesla, who's becoming more and more popular as people are looking, you know, further into the free energy agenda. He said, if you wish to understand the universe, think of energy, frequency, and vibration. And we are, um, you know, even Eckhart Tolle, if you look at one of the great spiritual teachers of our time, he tells us you are the universe expressing itself as a human for a little while. So all of these people are coming together with the same messages, but all of them have one single theme, is there is so much more to us than what we've ever been told, and it's within our power to explore it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talk about in your book that there's two types of conditioning that we've all received that we have to get past. One mm. is from our family. Yeah. The other is from society. Yeah. Uh, and we totally agree yeah. with that. And But it's not the easiest thing in the world to get past that, is it? 
It's absolutely not. And, you know, I, I feel we have a choice. And it depends on how much you want to hold on to your conditioning because it can make you safe. And, you know, family cultures are really important. And, you know, behind all of this, I've actually been a traditional therapist along the way, helping people with anxiety, depression, childhood traumas, all of that stuff. And so many people cling to the story because it's all they know. But once we go back and we release some of these things from the subconscious mind, we open a gateway to so much more. You know, I think it was actually Carl Jung that said something like that about those two levels of conditioning. And, and he's absolutely right. In the formative years for that first decade of life, we just absorbed the environment around us. Uh, Bruce Lipton talks about this in the biology of belief as well. We just become um, something that is in response to our environment. Now, for kids who are maybe <laughs> lucky enough to be the children of hippie parents from the 60s, um, I mean, they've come up with a much more open view of the world. But once we get trapped into the story of, you know, uh, what are you meant to be, um, the things that we're given in that first decade of life shape us. And then, of course, we're shaped by the culture to which we are born. And whilst many people step outside of that and they challenge some of the, um, you know, the, the very strong values and beliefs that are given to them, we find so much more. And, you know, once we release these two levels of conditioning, then we're free to explore ourselves in our true interdimensional magnificence. And when you're able to do this, and this is what you teach people to do, then there must be a huge level of relief and freedom at the same time. And then the ability to change must be like almost natural after that, like getting rid of all yeah. these, these past misconceptions about finances and love and all the things that people chase after and feel so frustrated when they don't have it happen in their lives. I mean, because we've talked to so many people, and a lot of people come on the show that say they have the answer to this of how to really, truly make a change. But, again, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to do, but I think you've got something really powerful here that you're able to do this with people. We need to know more about this. Well, people, people, um, people will change, Patricia, but not from doctrine. You know, a lot of people have been offered um, a level of religious doctrine in different ways, in different religions, different places, and some of that may resonate because they all talk about us being so much more than what we are, usually after we pass. But for my mind, we are that immortal being in this human experience now. If you take into account something like a near-death experience, and again, great books by Anita Mojani, uh, by Eben Alexander, you know, all of this, these great new books, and of course Ray Moody's been doing this stuff for 40 years. People who um, pass over in an accident or in an operation that goes wrong, people move out of their body and they see the universe completely differently. And as a um, hypnotherapist originally trained, I used to take people down into trance. Now I take them through a process that we've refined over 500 cases and, you know, I've got 20-odd people out in their clinical practices doing this work now. What we do is we take people out of their body. Now, once we get beyond the body, it's like the equivalent of the near-death experience where, um, you know, much more safer way and without the medical expenses. Um, what we're doing is we're, um, we're allowing people to view their life from that elevated view that is based more on the wisdom of their soul rather than the indoctrinated human self. Now, once they've had that experience, life is never quite the same again because you see more of this human condition as the illusion and that being the real life. 
Well, it's nice to know that we don't have to be like Anita and have a, a terrible cancer, lymphoma, almost die from yeah. it, actually die from it, mm-hmm. and then come back. Thank God she did come back. She's a wonderful spokeswoman. Her story is quite remarkable. But, you know, we've often asked this question on the air. Do you have to go through that in order to come to this understanding and this greater realization about life? And you're Mm. saying, yeah, you can do this with your work, right? Absolutely. You know, we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror, um, or try not to, depending on what sort of night you've had. But um, (laughs) you look in the mirror and you see the human part of you looking back. And one of the exercises I do a lot in a workshop is um, I start to talk about some of these themes and I get people, and, and you know, this is a common exercise a lot of people use, and I get people to sit knee to knee looking at each other and I say, look into the window of their eyes. Look into the being before you. And then, you know, we get them to do that for, you know, just a few minutes and then they write down what they see. You would not believe what people come back with because for the moment in that which is a a very focused state you could call it when we focus on something it's almost hypnotic in its nature but we sit there with the intention to look behind the eyes and we see what is really behind that and in the person the being before them and you know people see you know flashes of other lifetimes they see the universe they see star systems they see these most beautiful things or they feel this incredible amount of love and and compassion and yearning to for the soul to go through life and do whatever they're meant to do and in a simple exercise like that that anyone can do we just learn so much more about another person peter so the exercise by looking could a person by looking into a mirror into their own eyes get some of this same feeling that you would looking into someone else's eyes could, they, could um, you look into the depth of self? I think that would be a beautiful thing to try, PK. I think that's a great idea. Um, but yeah. there's something about um, when we try and look at these things for ourselves, um, we have to get through our own baggage. Yeah, that's like true. Like if, uh, if I get up there and I say, well, there's, yeah, there's Pete. He's 54 years old and um, oh, he's carrying a bit of wear and tear and, gee, he's lost a little bit of hair there. So I'm sort of uh, looking at my normal story that I would look at in the morning. But when I look fresh into the eyes of another person, it takes me beyond mm-hmm. myself. And um, I, I think... Makes um, good sense. Yeah. That, Makes good sense. Yeah. Yeah, that might be helpful. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's morning they certainly don't want to look at my own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing our audience is looking for, Peter, are simple exercises like this. Mm-hmm. that they can start with to experience this quantum level of consciousness. So that's a great one, looking into the mirror like that. I think it's wonderful. How much time do you usually recommend for something like that? Look, in, um, I've had people write um, a couple of pages after just looking into someone else's eyes after two or three minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. So, um, Fascinating. So, yeah, and, and then we all share in the group, and it's just remarkable. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole group in the consciousness that we've connected this group with just at the start of any workshop that we do, you know, there it is. It's right there in front of us. There is so much more to us. Okay, what's next? And then we're ready to go. You know, they call it a warm-up exercise to, to freshen the multidimensional reality of who we are or, or whatever, but it's just something that lifts us out of this human condition in which we feel trapped. You know, there was a time when um, when I first started 
you know, I've been doing this stuff for probably 20 years now. And there was a time when uh, I saw my body as a prison for my soul. And I said, oh, yeah, the soul's stuck in this, uh, this physical specimen for a period of time. I'm powered by this crummy human intellect that always wants to know stuff and analyze stuff. And I've got this human personality that um, I'm stuck with for this lifetime. But now I don't see that anymore. Now I see my body as a portal to different realms of consciousness. And rather than be a prison, it's actually a doorway. Now, once we work with somebody in these techniques for quantum consciousness, we open that doorway, we take them beyond the doorway, and to show them firsthand that they are so much more than they believe themselves to be. And that's what this is really about. And if everyone on the planet could see their incredible magnificence of this eternal being having a human experience, but in parallel, outside of time and space, so much more is unfolding around them and within them, then everybody start, would start to live their life differently and a lot of problems on this planet would disappear. Oh, that sounds heavenly. Gosh, it does. It sounds absolutely perfect. Well, right now you are giving these classes and the one-on-one sessions in Australia, but as we discussed prior to going on the air, you've been invited to Europe and you've invited back to Europe and the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're developing mm-hmm. a worldwide uh, base for this work, which is terrific. Now, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, instituteforquantumconsciousness.com is our main website. Um, that sounded like a good URL when I first bought it, but it's a little long. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I've got a, a private these. site. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got a, a, an easier one, quantumconsciousness.com.au. And, of course, my work with the Newton Institute, there's links to that as well mm-hmm. with the Life Between Lives work. But, um, but, yeah, where we train people to do this quantum consciousness experience, we're training people who are already therapists. We're training people who have a history in working with people and have a clinical practice that's already up and running. Um, we do that um, so that they actually have a therapeutic background so they understand that before we help them to transcend, to take people on these journeys in a way that allows them to hold it from a a good practitioner basis. So the quantum uh, consciousness experience we teach over about three days. Uh, But then people have to send us case studies and we receive those from different parts of the world from people who are accrediting. We've got somebody in London now. Uh, I've got a um, person in the States and more from the States are coming through as well. Uh, We did some uh, training in California recently. Uh, last year, um, several um, trainings uh, we do a, a year here in Australia. But, um, you know, we're getting to the spot. What what we've done as well is we've got a two-day public program that we do, and we run those regularly in Melbourne as well, but we're going to expand those further too. So if anyone's interested in knowing more about this work, because, you know, this, we've been doing this for about five years now, and now that we've got the firm base behind us, um, the mm-hmm. cases have come through, the books emerged now on the back of the 500 cases, now that we've got the methodology and the philosophy, now we're looking to expand. And, you know, the book has been the first part of that. Oh, it's a fabulous book, so that's for sure. It is. It's excellent. Well, we're going to take a very short commercial break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk with you, Peter, about the more paranormal side of all of this with parallel lives and all of that great stuff, because I know our audience is chomping at the bit wanting to hear about it. So, Stay tuned, everybody. This is going to be a great show. It already is. And we will be right back. 
Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Astridian is a family of cosmetic products with 98% pure ionized minerals. We combine our science with a blend of essential oils to nourish and take care of your skin's health. How does it work? All Astridian products contain the proprietary redox technology having the capability of simulating an ionic zinc-copper superoxide dismutase effect. This free radical scavenger currently in your body has been diminished by toxins and the daily stresses of life. It is a perfectly balanced mineral complex that all $200 an hour dermatologists, their professors, and ancient history have proven. Redox technology is a process of reducing the skin's oxidation by transferring electrons from a radical state to a stress-free normal condition. Oxidative stress is a form of cellular aging, and as science has proven, a precursor to disease. The free radical theory of aging states that organisms age because cells accumulate free radical damage over time. Damaged cells are not beautiful, but healthy cells are. The Astridium family is presented in four different uses that cover unique benefits to your body. They are the Essential Anti-Aging Series, the Multivitamin Series, Sports Series, and Professional Series. Regain your youth with the power of Astridian. Visit www.astridian.com and inquire. Use the code SUPERNATURAL and receive a 10% discount on your first purchase. Astridian, the beauty of being healthy. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, 
and our guest tonight, the remarkable Peter Smith, and he has written a great book, which is called Quantum Consciousness Expanding Your Personal Universe. So, Peter, yeah. you've got a lot of stories yeah. in the book that are remarkable. So please yeah. share some of these with our audience because it'll help all of us to understand how this system works and what it's capable of. Yeah. Uh, Patricia, I might just say too that the name of the book, um, now that it's out under Llewellyn, is um, Quantum Consciousness Journey Through Other Realms. There was a right. name change oh, it's under a different this, uh, name. more recent one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, so I wouldn't know that because they never sent me the book. <laughs> <laughs> they sent it to PK. <laughs> I mean, it. All they it sent is gorgeous. <laughs> all they sent me was the PDF, so I'm sorry I got the title wrong, but thank you for saying the correct title. Say it again, if you would, please. Yeah, Quantum Consciousness, Journey Through Other Realms. Um, that's the old title, so you're not actually wrong, but that's the, that was the previous version. The, okay. um, the updated version's got this some This is the eight number one version now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And Llewellyn have done a great job with some diagrams and things as well. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I can't wait. Maybe one of these days I'll get the book. <laughs> you probably get it tomorrow. Yeah. You know how that is. We're in retrograde, uh, Patricia. Remember. Retrograde. So sick of it. Okay. Yeah. So, Peter, tell us a little bit about some of the people that you've worked with and the things that they have experienced through this this new system that you've created? Well, a lot of what we do on this journey out through the the quantum consciousness experience, Patricia, is that we go out through different levels of consciousness. First of all, we activate the client in a way that embraces some of their innate potentialities, if you like, that come on the back of quantum physics. So the first thing we do is we start to shift them out through, um, through various aspects of that. And I'll come back to those because I think the stories are more interesting, we should do those first. So as people move further and further out through their consciousness and further and further away from this present consciousness, as we call it, which is sort of anchored in the doorway of who we are, we move out through these realms where the first one we cover is stored consciousness. Now, an example of that would be the timeline that we're in now. And to tell you a personal story, um, when I first was uh, one of the early experimenters in this work, both as client and as facilitator, uh, we explored a lot of our own realms. And in this realm of stored consciousness, and and I did this uh, session maybe about four years ago when I was 50, you know, um, I might have an eight-year-old come forward and he may have um, wandered off from his parents and he's holding a little bit of concern and he comes forward and he shares that concern and, and I help him to, you know, simply transcend that feeling that he's experiencing. So it's like other aspects of ourselves across time and space either come to us with, um, with a need for help or they want to uh, offer us some wisdom. You know, another time I had a, a, a nine-year-old version of me come forward and, and he just learned how to dive off the blocks at the public pool. And he showed me it was time to take the plunge and he took my hand and, uh, and dived off the blocks with me. And um, interestingly, after I did that, um, well, I then sent the manuscript of this book to Llewellyn and it was accepted because he told me to take the plunge. Mm. So, ah, you know, right. this ripples out into your life in, in real ways. You know, there's, um, when I, I mentioned the word 50, uh, the age 50, because um, in one of these sessions, my 60-year-old came forward. They gave me some advice mm. and he said to me, um, 
you know, I was still uh, president of the Michael Newton Institute at the time, and that was keeping me busy. And I ran a, a hypnotherapy school here that I'd started um, called Hypnoenergetics. Um, and I was trying to um, have my own clinical practice as well. And I was trying to work out where do I find the time to do the quantum consciousness work and develop this research to write the book, to get people sending case studies in, training them up. And my 60-year-old stepped forward and he said, um, you've got to let something go. So I retired my hypnotherapy school, gave it away to some other people and um, created a gap in my life to do that. And if I hadn't done that, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. Wow. So even, even in this realm of stored consciousness, it's like anything that within the timeline that we're in now or will be comes forward to assist me in the now. And that's just the first realm. Um, as we move out into the alternative consciousness, well, this whole theory of alternate realities comes forward. And, you know, uh, quantum physics tells us that every decision that we make creates another reality. And these continue on through our life that when we make a decision to go in uh, one direction in these forks in the road, we actually go in both directions. Now, from the... Um, the small understanding I have of quantum physics from having studied it, but I'm not a quantum physicist by any stretch of the imagination, but from one of the things that we've learned from quantum physics, we know that those, um, if those have come from the same path, then those two other paths must still be quantumly entangled because once subatomic particles have a relationship with each other, uh, that never changes. So as they go in these two directions, we set an intention, if you like, the observer effect, that's where that comes in, which we call more of a creator effect. We create the intention for these two other selves to meet. Now, we are one of them, and we want to meet the other. And I want to give you that as a background before I tell this next story. So other versions of us, doppelgangers, as they're sometimes called, who have taken the other path are contactable under the conditions that we establish in the quantum consciousness experience. Now, some years ago here in Australia, we were training a group of therapists to undertake this work in their clinical practices. And we had something like 17 people or so in a room here. We prefer just to do the small groups. That's actually a large group for us. But, um, you know, we prefer sort of 10 or 12 because it's such a deep and personal experience. But what we do is we do a, um, a demonstration in front of the group. So I asked someone to come forward who'd had a fork in the road and to tell us about the fork of the road and let's contact the other. A lady came forward, and at this stage, this is a story from the book. So this lady by the name of Claire, had, um, she was South African. And in South Africa 30 years earlier, she'd been getting ready to marry a man that she didn't love. And there was a man that she really did love. And all the families were flying into Cape Town, getting ready for the wedding. And the day before her wedding, she ran off with a man that she really loved and left the other guy wow, at the altar. I know it sounds... I know it sounds a little bit like a Hollywood movie, um, but um, but what what happened was um, she uh, and that other guy were together for twenty something years. They had two wonderful boys. They went their own ways ultimately, amicably. Um, but she wanted to contact the her that went through with the wedding. So we established this beautiful space um, outside of time and space, and the other version of her came forward. And she was old beyond her years and she was depressed and she was in such a bad way. And, and, and our Claire had carried guilt for the last 30 years for what she'd done uh, back when she was in her early 20s. 
And this lady oh, came my. forward and she'd gone through with the wedding and she'd had the most terrible life. She'd never had any children. And in that moment, Claire's guilt that she'd held for 30 years was released. Now, there's always a beautiful exchange. Because we do this work in such a higher vibration, we always set the intention for um, both parties to have their vibration raised. So whilst our Claire had the release of this guilt, the other version of her who uh, had suffered from this depression, etc., um, she saw that there was another version of herself that had had a happier life. Um, and then we brought the consciousness of her two sons in, our Claire, and introduced them to the lady who'd never had children. And that was so healing for her that it completely raised her vibration and it gave her a beautiful feeling to know that there was a part of her that had had the courage to not go through with the marriage and had had a very different life and had had children. It was like she was given another part of her that she didn't know existed. Now, this came out, we came out of this demonstration. It was a very emotional time for all of us. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, really. Um, and it was so profoundly affected the whole group and showed us the power of this work that I felt it was important to use it as one of the case studies in the book. Um, but I had, um, you know, when we were going through the relaunch of the book now, uh, under its current version, I had to contact Claire again. I hadn't spoken to her for a little while. And um, I said to her, how are you doing, like, four years later? She said, Pete, I, I haven't had any guilt for four years. Uh, from that day, it just lifted and has never returned. Oh, how so wonderful. Once, once yeah, we understand the, yeah, the multidimensional reality of who we are, it's, uh, it's very, very powerful. Um, See, I like what you're saying, too, because... The second, yeah. Let me just mention this. When I was a therapist years ago, I would work with women who would make the same decisions over and over again about their partners. They were always choosing uh, a, the same bad partner, just in a different pair of shoes. Yeah. But what yeah. I found with them is that if I looked at them as uh, you know having other parallel lives at the same time, and when I worked with mm-hmm. them with dreams, what we would see from mm-hmm. that is that she had parallel lives, others of her, that were making mm-hmm. the same choices. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it was solidifying these really bad choices that they had mm-hmm. all been making. And it made it even harder to get out of it. It, it, was, it was like it was being bolstered on every side in every parallel universe. Now, have you come across something like that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is what makes you think they're dreams. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, yeah. uh, you you could well be tap- mm-hmm. tapping into these other realities and these multidimensional abilities that are quite natural to us that we just don't use. Yeah, because the, so, the example you just gave of Claire, there were two very different decisions made. But what I had been finding, just the, the work that I had done over a period of time, is that it was there are others making the same decisions. So, you know, yeah. it just, I think your work uh, would really set these women free because it's its just so tied down on so many different way, levels and ways when you have that happening. But this work would have everybody meet together then, right? And they'd be able to say, hey, enough of this. We're ready to move on. Well, there's a, there's another thing that you could offer as well in a circumstance such as that is you could say to that um, that client, you could say, well, do you want a different type of relationship? 
So, yeah, I sure do. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go into the future and let's imagine one. And, and what we can do is we can go into the future because in this work you go beyond time and space. Let's go to a future where you're in a different relationship and it's the one that you want and let's just create what that is. And what we do is we tap into a reality and by doing so we create it. And then we make that the self-fulfilling prophecy. And then we say to that client, okay, um, that's what it's going to be. So you just hold the energy of that and allow it to unfold in your life and you can collapse different timelines into it. And one of the things that I we've like seen that. recently, yeah, and with the advanced work we did uh, in one of the workshops we did recently, we did some advanced work where a lady had come in and looked at her um, her options going forward and there had been some you know, some bad relationships on the the, um, the horizon when we did the first demonstration. We brought her back two years later. She went in and she said there was an inevitability about a good relationship there and all those other possibilities had gone and had been collapsed into the desired state because by creating it and holding an intention towards it, she'd made it a self-fulfilling prophecy. So all of the other timelines merged into the positive one. That's the power of this work. That is terrific. Now, can this also yeah, work with people who have illnesses? Yeah, we've mm. been we've been looking at some of the um, the physical stuff. There's a different technique that we've been building around that um, in our universal consciousness work, which is a, a spin-off of this. That we move people beyond their body and we ask what's really going on in that foot, or what's really going on in that right shoulder, or you know, tell me more about what's happening in the liver. And again, it's like we were saying at the start of, um, of the show, when you move somebody out and beyond and into that greater wisdom, stories just come. I mean, the, the body is this incredible messenger. And if we're holding something, you know, you look at Louise Hay's work, um, I mean, she'll tell you about affirmations for different parts of the body and different illnesses. If you look at Chinese medicine, they'll tell you that liver problems are about anger, perhaps uh, issues with the lungs might have something to do with grief. I mean, there are connections between the body and the emotions that are already well expressed in lots of different types of modalities. But with this sort of work, when you move beyond the body, you might find through the quantum consciousness experience, you might say, let's understand why the knees are in such distress. And as we move further and further out through this expanded state, we might find in the parallel consciousness that there's an imprint from another lifetime. We might through, say through the alternate consciousness that something happened to the body in this time on but didn't in another. So as we make contact with the, um, the healthy body in another timeline, we can ask for that energy to come into this timeline. In the stored consciousness, there might be an emotion that's being held from when somebody was young that simply needs to be transcended in order to bring peace to the body. So one thing that we've seen, and I've gone backwards through the realms there for a moment, because we normally go out through the stored consciousness, the alternate, parallel, and then off-world, which we should talk about in a little while. Um, What we do is um, we get various answers of an ever-expanding nature on any sort of emotional or physical issue that somebody's facing, or it can just be exploratory. That's a long answer, I know, but yeah, the answer is yes, we can. Okay, that's terrific. Again, is I mean, all of these are strong possibilities for people who have this interest in taking charge of their own consciousness, of their own lives, their own life choices. Because I've heard this before, and I agree completely, that every time we make a choice, it's either going to set us free or it's going to keep us trapped in what we've been doing. And so our choices yeah. are very important elements 
of these different parallel universes and how we live our lives and the consequences that we face. So we've got to be very conscious about the choices we make. We do. We do indeed. And, and we can we can make our choices from our baggage or we can make it from our intention to set us free, as you said, Patricia. I like the way you summarized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think difference. it's so incredibly important to acknowledge how we make those choices. I think that's a key that you bring out very strongly in your book. And then, now, there's other strange things going on, though. Here's the paranormal side that I wanted to bring out, and I know we have lots to talk about from your book. But with the paranormal stuff, and you talk about doppelgangers, that's very intriguing to us. Also, just the fact that there's another person that looks like us that is us, but living in another universe, living in a parallel uh, universe. What have, have you met people that have seen their doppelganger or in physical form related to their person in another reality? A trend that we found in this work, and, you know, I'll I'll say this today, but, of course, in 12 months' time I might have a different answer for you because you'll be further along. My understanding of what we're doing with the realms of consciousness is that we are blurring the boundaries between these realities through uh, creating some of the quantum techniques that we've been talking about, like entanglement, as we call it, or or every awareness, or the creator effect, the holographic healing that we're doing. Through the four aspects of quantum consciousness that we've built out of four key principles of quantum physics, we are transporting our consciousness to a place where we can meet the consciousness of these other places. Now, that consciousness holds all the information from the other universe, but we're yet to step physically into another reality. It's like the the physical body um, appears to be in this one and our consciousness moves to where it can contact the consciousness of another physical body in another one. So it's not like we're stepping through a full and complete portal and shaking hands with ourselves in the physical, but we're having a, a meeting of consciousness that shares wisdom or offers healing in ways that are quite profound. So it's like we're bridging the realities um, mm-hmm. rather than so it's all done the from that physical place. aspects of ourselves. Mm. Right. What, right. what I found I... is whilst the physical, you know, my physical body, um, let's, if you look at uh, remote viewing, if you look at astral traveling, um, my body stays on a bed or in a chair or something like that, but my consciousness might be on the other side of the world um, um, in the Swiss Alps, you know, observing the snow-covered caps or something like that because my consciousness is the transportable part while my body remains as the anchor point lying on the bed similar to that right so it's non-local consciousness experience is what you're talking about um but yeah i mean i i did i did meet somebody once dr bill shul i worked with him at the monroe institute unfortunately he's passed away but he did have an experience of his own doppelganger and he was Mm -hmm. in at university at the time, and all of a sudden something came over him. He felt compelled to drive for miles, and then he just got out of the car, and he looked into this cornfield, and there was him standing there. And he said it was just the strangest experience he has wow. ever had. And Bill Bill was big into paranormal like we all are, but um, Bill said that that's, that's what happened. He just stood there, and that's what he was looking at was himself, uh, clearly himself. 
So mm-hmm. it, it, wow. I know it has happened throughout history, but and I've that's the yeah. only person I've met that has had that yeah. experience. He said it was the weirdest thing in the world. And then I had an experience once when I went to a uh, what was it? It was one of those places where they sell local produce and things like that. And I was walking by the different booths, and this woman said to me, well, how did you like the bread? And I said, bread? Well, I said, I, I've i never bought bread from you before. And she looked like she was going to pass out because she said, yes, you were here last week, and you bought the bread. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have bought bread from you. I'm gluten-free. I see the bread you bake is beautiful, <laughs> but I couldn't eat it as much as I'd love to. And I said, but tell me, tell me about this. And she said, there was a woman here, and I swear to God it was you. It was you. Not that she mm-hmm. looked like you. She was you. And I gave her my card. I said, if she ever comes back, would you please have her call me? I would love to talk to her. Mm-hmm. But I never got the call. But mm-hmm. but I thought it was fascinating, and the woman's reaction to my response was priceless. I mean, it, that said it all. <laughs> it truly, she really thought it was me. So it's it's interesting. Maybe these these other aspects of ourselves can walk through during different times. Maybe the stars have to be aligned Look, for I, it. I don't know, but it's possible. I believe that it's possible. We we don't know exactly how this universe works. I mean, we're we're still trying to understand that. From the the research that we're doing, um, we're transporting the consciousness. But I I absolutely and completely understand what you're saying because I had a, a similar experience, but it was at the other end. And a friend of mine um, bumped into me and said, "Why did you ignore me on that train last week?" And I said, "What are you talking oh. about?" You know, I came up and I sat next to you on that train up in Sydney, and I'm in Melbourne, so we're about 600 miles apart. And they came and they they saw me on a train. They came and sat next to me and said, Pete, how are you going and all that? And I pretended not to know them, apparently, and didn't say anything to them. And um, they got cranky with me and walked off. And I said I wasn't in Sydney oh. last week. Oh, about so, that. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, stuff happens. I, I... I wonder, Peter, if some of the work that you're doing makes this even more possible so that different aspects of ourselves do kind of come into this reality and your friends met with you and you ignored them because it wasn't really you. And then this woman thought I bought bread from her, but it wasn't really me. So I think when you're involved in this kind of consciousness expansion, it may open the door for this to happen. I really agree with that, Patricia, because, mm-hmm. you know, even a quantum physicist will tell us that we create our own reality. So as we change our view of the universe, as we see ourselves as these multidimensional beings, why would we not have more multidimensional experiences? Exactly. I love that. I love what you said. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the work that you're doing, Peter, is so groundbreaking. It's really, I wish you were here in the United States more often because it is really exciting and there's so many people in this country that would love to take part in your training and also the one-on-one experiences it's remarkable stuff that you're involved with great thank you so let's see now there's so much more to talk about what would you like to share with our audience tonight i'd like to talk a little bit about the interdimensional consciousness realm Ah, um, and as, as we can as we continue out through the quantum consciousness experience and we go through these various realms of the stored consciousness in this timeline, 
the alternate consciousness where we've made those decisions, the parallel consciousness, which I won't go into in, in, in much detail because basically um, everyone's aware of reincarnation and past lives as a theory, otherwise they probably wouldn't be listening to this show. So, um, right. so parallel consciousness is really, our definition under this model is that those lives are happening in parallel in other bodies. So, um, you know, it's like past lives that aren't past, they're still happening at the same time. And anyone who's ever done any past life work is they've seen a client revivicating in their chair and, you know, uh, either in pain or anguish or whatever it is. And it's pretty clear that those, uh, those emotions are alive and well and still unfolding. So once we go beyond there, we go out into the realm of interdimensional consciousness where we ask to be taken to um, a body or a dimension that is non-human. And when we get to this point in the journey, which is, you know, these journeys are about somewhere between two and a half and three hours usually, um, you know, the client is really expanded and we're beyond the realms of Earth. And we have people reporting incredible uh, details of being in existence as stardust. Um, we've had people talking about, we had one lady come in with, and this is in the book, she had a very human um, intention, and that was she wanted to start a family and she wondered if she had um, what it took to be a responsible parent, um, a beautiful intention. So she came in for one of these sessions, and by the time she moved out through these different realms, she arrived at interdimensional consciousness and she was taken to an existence where her consciousness resided in the body of a squid-like creature that was like an organic satellite dishes if you like on another planet and um, her role was to transmit information from the different species that were in the ocean to the species that were on the land so she was the communication link between um, sea life and land life and um, she and others of her species that was the role they played on this particular planet now for her to experience that and then you know she went further and then came back out of uh, the expanded states um, had answered her question. You know, if I could carry the responsibility for contact between different species of life on another planet, how can I not have the responsibility of um, being a parent? Yes. Mm-hmm. How fascinating. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. You answered another question that I was going to ask you with that story, which is, has anybody had contact with extraterrestrial life? Clearly they have in a quantum consciousness format that you provide. That's wonderful. Well, we've had a couple of people who've gone to lifetimes where they've been in spaceships circling the Earth. Oh, my goodness. No kidding. Um, nice. Watching, watching things. And, you know, I, I always, I'm an Eric Von Daniken fan because I think he's such an incredible groundbreaker and, you know, I had the great opportunity to meet him once at a conference where we were both speaking and, um, the guy's just remarkable when he published Chariots of the Gods for the first time in 1968, and I reference that in the book as a true fan always does. And um, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, he ran the, he ran the numbers about life on other planets, and um, and you know, through a formal think tank process back many years ago, and they came to the irrefutable conclusion that there must be life on other planets. Now, what we're doing with the interdimensional consciousness piece of this experience is um, we're sort of saying, yeah, there is life on other planets and chances are it's us in another form of consciousness mm. uh, or in another mm. dimension uh, because we are multidimensional oh. beings 
So why would all those dimensions, why would we just incarnate here on Earth? Why would we not explore other realms of consciousness where we're in different life forms or different dimensions? It just makes perfect sense. It does. It does. It's a very interesting way to think about all of this. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. This is great and, stuff. So go ahead. Yeah, so let me just jump on the end of that. That you know, Once we're finished in this interdimensional realm where we expand further, we take people beyond um, beyond the need for any type of body. Let me let me be clear here. So, if I look at the realms that we've gone through, when we leave present consciousness, we surrender time. When we leave the stored consciousness, we surrender space. When we go out through the alternate consciousness, we surrender versions of this body. When we move from the parallel consciousness to the interdimensional, we surrender the human body. And when we move from the interdimensional consciousness out to the eternal consciousness, we surrender the need for any type of body. Now, at this point in the, in the experience, the eternal consciousness is set free from um, in needing any type of body at all, and we blend somebody with the fabric of the universe itself. So this is where they experience uh, a sensation of oneness and of just being all that there is far beyond the noise of the human condition, beyond the noise of Earth, because we've gone out through the interdimensional consciousness as well, and we just rest them there, and we can leave them there for you know, a, a period of time uh, while they just blend with the universe itself. So, you know, some of the beautiful things that they say when they get out there, they say things like, you know, I'm, I'm witnessing the silence of creation, and um, I am energy that merges and blends with the universe, or I feel myself, you know, moving um, as particles through a universe in ways that I can't describe, even though they're doing a pretty good job mm. of describing it. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to find words when you get beyond the physical. Yeah. It yeah. really is. I, I, and I wonder, you know, I'll tell you, I've had some contacts with beyond the body uh, situations, and, and you know, PK, George and I have done a lot of work together. George is a psychic medium dear friend of PK's and mine. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done Mm -hmm. a lot of work on something we call American Skull, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Skull experiment in the UK, but they were able to contact entities and also manifest Mm -hmm. a lot of things. We were able to contact entities and take pictures of them from our computer screen. We came out with some incredible stuff, but there was one time that George and I felt this incredible source energy, this power Mm -hmm. in the universe. And it knocked us both on our behinds. It was that strong Mm -hmm. and that powerful. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just so powerful in relationship to who we are and our human, our frail human bodies. I was in bed for a day and a half after that. I, I was supposed yeah. to go to my girlfriend's birthday party, and I couldn't go. I felt terrible. But I would have been a danger on the road. I was I was just knocked out by this energy. It mm-hmm. was that strong. I mean, it's I, strong isn't even the word for it, but has anybody else experienced anything like that that you've worked with? I'm just, um, yeah, I'm just tuning into the... the hundreds of cases that we've got just looking for an answer um because we've got some fairly well defined and delivered protocols around the work 
that are very much about duty of care. One of our uh, things that's most important is to ensure that we get the client back into their present consciousness, forever changed as it is, but to make sure that they're very firmly grounded and back in their, um, their thinking and uh, being self here in the human form before we do that. Um, having said that, we have had people who are out in the most expanded state have incredible experiences of energy similar to what you described. Um, it's mm-hmm. just that we bring the grounding protocols on the back of it to bring them back in just to, as a duty of care thing. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there is, um, you know, I, I really believe, Patricia, as well, that there are new frequencies that are available to us that are coming through in this work. You know, I think that we're tapping into something that is, um, you know, very, uh, very powerful and very timely in the transition of humanity. I believe there's so many of us like um, like us here on this, um, you know, with you and PK and me and people like us who are here to help the consciousness of humanity expand to what it truly needs to be. And I think these experiences of energy are just a part of that because I think we're opening, you know, new avenues of energy that are here to assist us now where they're coming from. I think they've got to be coming from off-world and we know that there are benevolent beings in the universe that are watching over us and... You know, if there's enough UFO sightings for us to know that, and with that type of technology, if they weren't on our side, we'd certainly know that by now. So I think a lot of these energetic experiences are just the manifestation of this transition in many different forms. Yeah, I think you're right. And we could have used your help, I'll tell you, because that was a a pretty difficult transition. I mean, again, the experience Mm -hmm. was just one of tremendous power, and it was interesting because Becky, one of our co-hosts, was alive then. She has since passed on, unfortunately, and we miss her terribly. But um, it was interesting that the we were all three of us working on this, but the energy didn't bother her. She was quite ill at the time. It didn't touch her. It was like, I mean, obviously, this type of energy is so intelligent. It knew not to uh, touch her. And yeah. so she was saved from that experience. But it, it, we could have used your, your skills. Peter, <laughs> in getting yes. in getting grabbed. Maybe I could have gone to that world. birthday party if you were there with me. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, you bring up a, yeah, you bring up a really interesting uh, point that when you go out into these uh, these levels of consciousness and you touch this type of power, you have to have some skill and some tools to be able to ground yourself so that you just don't float around for days afterwards. So that's. I think and, it's great that you're offering this again from a structured point of view. Yeah, and the the way that we train people in it as well, Patricia, is really important because we're looking for people who've already, you know, had some experience in clinical practice and working mm-hmm. with the public and looking after them, duty of care, code of ethics, all that sort of stuff that comes with the full training in a in an alternative health modality. It was important that you know we just didn't want to train couple of hundred people in an auditorium and set them out in the world because that's not great for, for humanity or for the general public, really. A little scary. Yeah. Yeah. So your focus is really on training therapists, people who are already trained in psychotherapy or social work or something like that. Yeah, we've got uh, kinesiologists, um, holistic counselors, um, acupuncturists, um, Chinese medical doctors, um, you know, we've trained a couple of those over the years. Um, but my role really is to, I guess, bring the message and to train the people. But I, I'd still do the, the one-on-one sessions mm-hmm. from time to time as well because, um, 
you know, I've kept my clinic going like a, a day a week just so that um, I can keep my hand in. And, you know, at the end of the day, we learn so much more from our clients. You know, none of this work would have happened without the courageous people who've taken these journeys. And, you know, the book's based on the, the evidence of uh, 500 of these cases that we've got under our belt now. And there's so many more happening in clinical practice here, mainly in Australia, as a result. So, you know, it's, uh, it's those wonderful one-on-one -on -one sessions that are the foundation of any sort of modality. So is there any one session that stands out to you as like the most startling or the most remarkable one-on-one -on -one session that you've done? Well, there's a couple in the book that go out through the realms and um, actually have a different message at every, at every place. And, you know, um, when I first started to publish the work, I published a couple of my own cases as a client. And um, the publisher said to me, well, you know, should you be publishing one of your own cases? And my response to that was, yeah, I live and breathe the work. And, you know, I've got to test this stuff for myself before taking other people out there. And as I went out, um, you know, there's a, so there's one of my own cases published in the book. And for me, it was about um, getting an ever-expanding understanding of what this work can do. And, you know, I was completely changed from that session. And from, you know, a, a, a stored consciousness where I was a little eight-year-old boy just um, wondering where everyone went when they uh, went off to the bathroom, like I mentioned earlier in the show, to, to an alternate mm -hmm. me that did something. But it was when I got further off-world that it was really quite significant for me. Um, you know, if I... But leaving me aside for a moment as well, because, you know, um, to tell a story of another person is quite fascinating. And... There is an extract of a case that really um, shifted me in a lady called Robin, and that is, uh, that's in the book as well. And this was during a very expanded state and, and a life between lives session, but it, it linked back into the quantum work in that she found herself at the hub of all realities. And she found that mm. she could observe the whole life of Robin and she could look at all of the possibilities and she spoke with great eloquence about how alternate realities are formed and how as you push energy into one of these realities, it expands even further. And as you draw your intention away from it, it collapses like air out of a balloon. But it's still there if ever you find your way back into that reality. And she talked about the path of life that goes in a generalized direction. And even though you may divert from the general path of what you're here to do, um, it's like you find your way generally back in that direction anyway, even though you've made certain choices. And I link that back to some of the deeper work that I originally um, studied with Michael Newton and um, have been teaching his work around the world as well for some years, uh, The Life Between Lives, uh, where we set up uh, a lifetime before we arrive here. And it's like we've got this internal guidance system that is lodged within us, um, call it a soul, um, and it does steer us in these various directions. It's like it's very um, uh, patient with us uh, because, you know, when you're eternal, you've got a lot of time. So it's very patient with us and allows us to explore these alternate realities but still gently coaxes us in the path for which we set this life up before we came. So to bring knowledge to that and understanding to that helps us to accelerate the path in so many different ways. So if there's one story in the book that really stood out to me, it would be Robin's. 
Yeah, Robin's story is remarkable in a lot of ways, and it reminds me of the Oversoul. I mean, having contact with yeah. that, I've had some some clients that have had messages from the Oversoul in their dreams, and it's always yeah. a powerful experience when the Oversoul speaks, and they get to hear it. So this is that's wonderful that she had that experience with the hub, and which I would call the Oversoul. It has that wide view of everything. And I would imagine it helps people to disconnect from the minutia of life, from the little things that eat away at us that really aren't that important or important mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. Someone just sent me a, a note here asking if what a person eats diet-wise would make a difference to how they would work with this program. Oh, good question. Hmm. Well, it is a good question. Um, since I, I can only answer from my personal experience, I'm not really a dietitian mm-hmm. or, or, or naturopath, but what I've found, the further I've got into this work, I've had to let go of certain things. Um, I went vegetarian some years ago. Um, I can no longer really do alcohol. I might have a social glass of wine at dinner, you know, maybe a glass of wine a week or something like that. It's like um, the heavier things like meat, alcohol, that sort of stuff. It's mm-hmm. like that, um, you know, if, if we want to try and access these higher frequencies, if we want to be in a higher vibration so we can access some of this wisdom that's out in the universe, I think we've got to be a bit, little bit lighter. Um, I think the genetically modified um, grains and that sort of stuff um, are not good for us as well. If you look at the number of people who are gluten intolerant now, and you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. that yourself, Patricia, before. Um, gluten is yeah. difficult for me as well. So, um, what I really feel we need to do is to move towards the the foods that we are tuned into. If you see, you know, you know, I'm starting to think about red peppers. You know, I'm starting to think about <laughs> mushrooms. Okay, well, let's you know, let's do a stir fry tonight with that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so sometimes I find myself craving certain foods. You know, I keep thinking mm-hmm. about turmeric. So I'm going to put a little turmeric on my oatmeal this morning. So, you know, I mean, if we follow our internal guidance system on food, I think that takes us a long way. That's good to know. That makes a lot of sense. Very good yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are, I, I remember in, uh, when we used to have, clients at the uh, Monroe Institute and they would put them on a, a no protein, just high carbohydrates for the week. And it really helped to disconnect them from their bodies. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. Talk about needing yeah, grounding at the end of the week. Boy, everybody <laughs> needed grounding because we were, before Bob Monroe knew that this was going to be the result, we would send people home at the end of a workshop and they would get completely yeah. lost. I mean, they were just so ungrounded. They were, basically still coming out of a right brain as old as that is to refer to kind of a right brain system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's but the the diet does make a big difference and PK that's a great question. But I agree, you have to listen to yourself. Everybody's different. And so what's oh, true, good oh, true. might not be good for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, be careful with that. So in, in terms of your future work, where do you see this work going? Because it, look, it looks like it's in, in motion, that it's always evolving. So where do you see this going in the future? 
You know, if um, it's, that's such a great question, Patricia, and my very honest answer is I have no idea. Um, <laughs> all I can all I can do is um, is hold the reins of the horse and hang on. Well, so, that means um, that we've all got a lot to learn then. That's yeah, right. I guess if um, if I had a plan, then I'd probably be selling the universe short. So as new pieces of work um, turn up, I just grab them and, and pull them in. And, you know, a couple of examples of that, you know, beyond the quantum consciousness, we've started to experiment with what we're calling universal consciousness. And that's the, um, the out-of-body healing techniques. So we're taking people outside their bodies. And again, we're, you know, we're um, taking some of the people who've become the quantum consciousness practitioners to the next level. And we're doing things like, um, you know, uh, we're calling in all of their parallels from um, across time and space who've ever lived on the earth in, call them past lives, if you will. um, But we're bringing them forward into the now as parallel consciousness. And we're offering them this vibration of, universal consciousness and sending them back in time um, in a higher frequency than when they first came to us. Uh, We're doing some things like um, a new approach to addiction models where, you know, um, the the euphoria that comes from addiction is still held in the morphic field of the person. So rather than um, continue the addiction, they just tune into the feeling that's already there, a completely different mindset. Now, we're looking at things like um, sending our consciousness across time to retrieve ancient wisdom from civilizations that are long gone. So we're doing a little bit of experimental work with this as well that expands on the quantum consciousness experience, maybe sourcing some new realms in the universe that are more based on light, sound and vibration, uh, ones that we've never been to before. So we're still out there and we're still going. And I've got a small group of people who've been experimenting this with me for the last um, 18 months or so. Um, and the the signs are early, at this early stages. There will be another book probably in a couple of years' time. Good. And then you're just going to have to come back on our show. That's all. Right. <laughs> so we can hear the <laughs> next level. Right, right now, after. <laughs> that's right. Start writing now. The um, the other question that I have for you tonight is about us being portals, because mm. you talk about we mm. are the portal, right? Now, yeah. we've had we had a gentleman on our show, it's tremendous Kai Murgi from Germany, mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. a medium who brings through apports. So gems come through him, and other pieces of jewelry, little statues. It's he does this amazing thing. But when we were interviewing mm-hmm. him, one of the I said, "Well, how how does this happen, Kai? How what in the world's going on here where you are capable of actually manifesting these things from other dimensions?" He said, "Because I am the portal." So, I yeah. I guess mm-hmm. we all are portals, but he's an actual physical portal that can manifest things from these other parallel universes. I guess that's where they're coming from. Have you met anybody like that? No, I haven't. I'm fascinated by that. It's uh, the one piece that I'm, um, I'm eager to explore at some stage is how we bring the physical matter through from the other places. Um, I'm doing some experimental work with a guy um, in the States now who um, who wrote a book called uh, Tachi Returns, um, and he tracked reincarnation down from Atlantis right down through the Native American tribes uh, with mm-hmm. one particular consciousness that travelled all that time. 
So, yeah, he and I are starting to talk about some of that and, and do some experimental work in that area. But for somebody who can actually manifest them and bring them through from another reality, I find that fascinating. I'll make sure that you have Kai's contact information. He, in mm-hmm. fact, he was just yeah, in Australia. Great. Yeah, he was just okay. he did a little uh, demonstration in New Zealand. He did one in Australia. Now he's back home in Germany. He's the real deal. Okay. We loved having okay. him on the show. He's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I think you will enjoy him tremendously. And we're going to have him back on the show in, uh, this fall. So, But, again, there's so much to all of this, and, and everybody seems to uh, be wanting to know more about all of these things. Mm. You know, how does mm. this happen? How, how can somebody bring yeah. this stuff through? Yeah, and, look, I think that there's so much more to the universe than we know or have been told. And I think Mm -hmm. it's time for all of us across humanity to wake up and to understand that we are these incredible multidimensional beings and it's not our inheritance. It's who we are. And it's just claiming our identity that we already have. We don't have to become anything. We just have to realize how magnificent we really are. I like that. That's nice. You don't have Mm -hmm. to stress over it. You just kind of relax into it is really the goal. But there's yeah. again, there's just so much. I had another question, and it just left my mind because my mind is jumping all over the place now. So much to think about in this <laughs> mm-hmm. tremendous topic. Oh, here it is. It came back to me. When you take people through an experience of parallel lives and they're able to contact their other selves, can they change yeah. history? They can. Ooh. Tell us about that. Look, that's a, another great question. The, the question then becomes, uh, are we actually changing their timeline or are we creating another universe by them doing something different because they've made a different mm-hmm. free will decision? Mm-hmm. So in the, in the quantum physics uh, multiverse theory, then you would argue that every time that there's a small change, another universe is created. Um, but can we build one that wasn't there before? You know, if we travel across time and space and, um, you know, have that conversation with them. My answer to that is that the intention of the work that we're doing is to raise the vibration of those other selves at all of these different levels that we meet so that they can go back in that higher vibration and ripple that out through their universe in any way that they want to because the universe does at the end of the day run on the energy of free will i believe so what we're doing is we're delivering to them you know as we find our greater potential we're offering that to our other selves that come forward as well so the changes they make back in wherever they come from does carry Mm -hmm. that uh, higher vibration that greater wisdom and hopefully ripples out to the people that they know and love so there could be some cha- major changes. And the other thing mm-hmm. we've been watching is the Mandela effect, how certain things yeah. are changed. And I wonder mm-hmm. if it's because of this this level of consciousness that's changing or expanding. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it's fascinating. And, you know, there's that could be example on the, um, of the box of cereal with the, the different name on it, I think, is one of the examples of the Mandela effect. Yes. And, um, yes. you know, I think group group consciousness uh, creates these things. If enough people mm-hmm. get that wrong, then it just manifests in a way that that consciousness connects and expands. Um, the oh, the beautiful um, collective consciousness piece that I reference in the book as well is the Maharishi effect, 
which has been well documented as well. And Greg Braden talks about this in the Divine Matrix too. But you know, if you if you Google Maharishi effect, you'll find that experiment where they lowered the crime rate in a number of the cities in the U.S. just by you know hundreds or even thousands of people meditating on love. You're right. And the yeah. crime rate yeah. dropped. It's just yep. beautiful. I mean, how is I'm how is that not a lesson that. for the potential of humanity and who we can be? It's a great lesson, except I just right. can't understand why anybody would want to change Beam Me Up Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would anybody want to change oh. that? You know, it just should be Because it alone. aggravated you. <laughs> right. Yeah. It aggravated a lot of people. Oh, my oh, goodness. God, well, Peter, this has been just a great, great conversation with you tonight and mm-hmm. again please tell people where to find you on the web so if you could repeat that again yeah well our main site is institute for quantum consciousness for one word dot com and uh, i've got another site quantum dot au as we have down here in australia uh, the book is quantum consciousness journey through other realms um, and that's out through llewellyn publishing and also available on amazon where they have an e-book too. But, um, yeah, I mean, the message of the book is um, is key, that, you know, there is so much more to us than we believe ourselves to be. It's within our grasp, and by claiming who we really are as the multidimensional beings that we we're always meant to be, we can change our own world and help others change theirs, and if we all do that, the world becomes a better place. That's for well, sure. that's a great goal. Yeah, we're we're happy to have you uh, talk about this. And again, I'm going to encourage our audience to read the book and also connect with you. And so there's a way people can email you and ask questions and maybe even set up a session with you. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, details on the website, so it's uh, it's easy to make contact from there. Okay, Fabulous. and if people want to bring you here to the United States, then uh, maybe they could organize that, too, to bring you here and yeah, you could teach group therapists. Yeah, I'm in and out that of uh, the fun. States every now and then as in my role as president Good. of the Newton Institute. So, um, you know, I do a lot of that from here in Australia, but um, but I'm active there as well. Super. Well, well Peter, wonderful thanks book, again Peter. so much. Yeah, it's great. Great to have you here. Next week, everybody, we'll be back with another exciting show. But until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.